Yeah, it's Colleen. Very nice. Uh, everybody's good. Colleen's good. My son is good. Yeah. Yeah. You forgot his tight. name, didn't you? Mm-hmm. He's, I'll get it. I'll get there. Sport. He's doing good. Ronan. Ronan. <laughs> Ronan. Ronan Dex. <laughs> All right. Super sick. Everyone, get your. Reference. Make sure your mic is. As close as it can feasibly be on a round table to your mouth. I am a robot. Red is my favorite color. Good. That's why I got that. Green's my favorite color. Is it really? Yeah. All right. I hate yellow. I do too. I think not there's anybody who likes yellow. But it's more about us. You know what I mean? (laughs) Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Frame Rate, the show where we rate frames. I got Abe Epperson and and me, Michael Swaim, sitting here talking into microphones topped with very brightly colored windscreens. Yeah, mine's green. Mine's yellow. Boo. I like green. Okay, good. And who's with us today? Introduce me so I can say what color mine is. Soren Bowie's here, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. And mine is red. (laughs) And are you pleased with that selection? I'm so pleased. Red is my favorite color. Makes you feel like a race car. It's a real good (laughs) night for me. I feel like the level of discourse we've already laid out is in perfect keeping with the tone of the film we're going to be covering. I like red. It's a race car. That's right. We're talking about The Monster Squad from TriStar Pictures, 1987, written by, and I feel bad saying this, Shane Black and Fred Decker, directed by Fred Decker. Why do you feel bad saying that? Yeah. Okay. Explain first. (laughs) Yes. No, I guess the very first thing I should do is the nutshell pitch because I do suspect there will be people who haven't seen yes. this. It's but a, why do it that way when you can sing it? Because there's actually a Monster Squad song is <laughs> at it the very the end. Song? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I didn't memorize it and sing it. Did uh, you? No. Can you please? No, I wish. Damn, I was oh. super hoping for it. I really hoped you were tipping that you can sing first. The whole there monster. was Dracula, then the Wolfman, then came along uh, a. Uh, sea monster in a pond. <laughs> I don't. I don't. It's something like He's that. Like they go in the chronological order of how they I appear in the film. I think they call them like creature of the black lagoon and the. They do. Yeah. Yeah, but I always saw him as swamp thing. But I guess the. But the same. swamp thing do- looks different. That he is. Everybody looks enough. different. He's yeah. notably no, but he really does look reminiscent of the specifically the creature from the black lagoon from that movie. Gotcha. Which is also a Universal monster movie. So in a nutshell. This is the dark universe that they just tried to launch with the Russell Crowe mummy movie. (laughs) But this was the first time they tried. And I I will say it's better than the mummy movie. I don't know Um, if they tried. They made a one-off movie about the Goonies versus monsters. Versus all the classic universal movie monsters. You got your Draculas. You got your Frankensteinies. uh, Your creature from the Black Lagoon. And what else? Mummy. Mummy. And Wolfman. Wolfman. And then there are also some minions of Dracula, some women yeah. who he kidnaps and turns the into wives. vampires. Yeah. yeah. Thralls. So, obviously, I thought it was stupid, but I don't want to go into that at first. <laughs> I want Soren to explain why you're excited to see this movie on the list, why sure. you picked it, and what you love about it. I'm so it. excited about this because it's been, as long as I've known him, he's wanted to have just a microphone for him to talk about Monster Squad. And I, that's, we're ready. Just so like, there's, get, this is the vessel. Get people to want to watch it and explain why. <laughs> this is a movie that I really appreciated in my childhood. Went back and watched and appreciated it all over again. <laughs> I was like, yep, holds up. There are a few things that we'll talk about that obviously don't hold up in it uh, <laughs> that are... I mean, just because it's 2018 now and we're all a little bit more woke, there's things in there that clearly don't hold up. There's a lot of the F word, F bombs, uh, like F-A-G-G-O-T yep. being thrown around. Um, 
and uh, there's also a scene in which the the kids um, threaten a, a young woman into doing what they wanted to do with the threat of revenge porn. Yeah, they blackmail her with photos Pictures that she herself. did not. Yeah, this uh, woman who apparently spends a good deal of her time just changing in front of her open window. Yeah, it's it's a little bit too much to be honest yeah. with you. Um, but it's a it, ultimately it's a movie. Okay, so the premise is that there's a bunch of young kids. They uh, they become tasked with stopping this um, monster conglomerate, this ragtag team of the best monsters there are. They task themselves. <laughs> That's another point: is no one makes them do that. No, like, no. no monster this, stuff. But he gives the speech where he's like, "And we can't go to the adults. No one can stop them but us." Right. I'm like, "Why no, so?" <laughs> adults could, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and and so these kids, they they figure out that they. There's a MacGuffin in this. There's an amulet that Dracula's after. Dracula has put together a team, and it, it's the best team the of D monsters team. there are. I the only reason I said ragtag is because mummy was in my, my mind. <laughs> but uh, he puts together this team. They're going to get this amulet, destroy it, and this amulet basically balances out good and evil, and there's only one portion of the year every hundred years where this amulet is... Uh, is vulnerable and they can smash it and then evil takes over at midnight yeah so these kids have to stop that from happening van helsing tried to do it and fucked it up van helsing he had a team a mm-hmm. uh, hundred years ago and they didn't get it right and now it's up to these kids yeah this starts this movie starts with an opening crawl that says 100 years ago van helsing and a ragtag band of rebel fighters tried to wipe out all the monsters in transylvania they blew it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good call. The font is really cool. It's like it's old Stranger Things type of font. The font's creepy because no, it's spooky. Yeah, no sound over that crawl. That crawl is over complete silence. It's the Shane Black touch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this... Oh, sorry. And so this movie is... Soren's boner just hit the underside of the table, <laughs> yeah, this, FYI. It hurt. <laughs> it was uh, a really seminal movie for me when I was young. Uh, this was like what I had instead of Goonies. I, th- I think that there are some kids who probably got this uh, and some kids who ended up with Goonies. And like, I don't know what it was that resonated specifically with me. I can get into like some things why I think it did. But uh, this movie's, there's just something about like the way that these kids talk to each other that as a kid felt very real to me. And looking back on it, I mean, I guess I could ask the question, did all of these movies influence the way me and my friends talked and that's why they feel so authentic? Mm. Or was this actually, they, these, uh, there was a time in the 80s where they were just like, no, we fucking nailed it. We know how kids talk to each other and this is right. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's true. It feels genuine, except I did think the kids were overly cruel. Like, yeah. I didn't... I felt weird, like I wouldn't drop the F word at my friends. I did used to say stuff is gay yeah. in the way that kids do, and hopefully don't as much in these days. But uh, I don't remember. I feel like these kids are one shade edgier, like Sonic the Hedgehogified. Yeah, okay. Because what's his name? Uh, Sean? Yeah, the Sean's main, the main kid. The scene where it cuts to them... And they're walking down the street, and one's wearing a shirt that just says Stephen King rules. Yeah. And the other one's holding a skateboard as big as their body. Yeah, yeah the old Voltaire skateboards. Yeah. I'm just like, 
90s overload and it's crazy because it's 87 but this movie right. breeds it like it's 90s ing so the kid has hard. a collar that goes almost like a, a loose collar that goes almost all the way down to his belly button when he's got his sunglasses on it like a, yeah. it's and they, they wear gotcha clothing do you remember gotcha yes, with yes. the fish on it yeah oh my god and we haven't even mentioned the rude kid rudy <laughs> who unironically is dressed in a leather motorcycle gloves, but so rides cool. a bicycle, <laughs> smokes cigarettes. Well, he's only in junior high. And has a leather jacket with the collar popped and yes. dark sunglasses and at all times. And he does metal shop. Yeah. <laughs> he's awesome. He's allowed to make bullets in metal shop. Yeah. Cool, which is, me- cool metal shop. They're, they're, that's one thing that we can get into. The adults are just not, a, they're, they are not in the picture in this movie. Yeah, they're just sl- taking the week off. I don't even, it's okay... It's believable to me because they show that the moms find silverware missing. So I'm like, okay, that's where he got the silver. He took it in a metal shop. The teacher's not paying attention. And he made bullets. But the question is, where did he get the bullet molds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the gunpowder for those bullets. Uh, And how did he make a cartridge to go with the bullet? Um, All right. My question is, where are they all getting this dynamite? Like everyone has dynamite. (laughs) Dynamite dynamite. is the most used weapon in the movie. (laughs) Dracula... Has, has dynamite. dynamite. Who has magic powers? His <laughs> signature attack is to throw a stick of dynamite. There's at just people. a dynamite okay. store on the <laughs> main block. He's like, glad dynamite's in, making money this what, week. What do you want here, Michael? Do you want me to try and do you want me to give you a a, a sell of this movie and why it's a good movie? Definitely at okay. some point because I also I'm more fascinated by the fact that you say it holds up because I understand nostalgia factor. Okay, um, but like. For example, my dad missed my birth because he was seeing Goonies. Because <laughs> he thought the labor would go a little longer and he's, it was yeah. opening day. And he's like, I've heard it's really good. I gotta go see <laughs> And he missed it. So he's watching Goonies. So Goonies definitely has like a special place in my heart. But when you watch it, I think it holds up because the filmmaking is there and is quality. Mm-hmm. Whereas this feels very much... Like the GoBots or the Mellow Yellow. This is yeah. If between this and Goonies, can you not tell that this is the off-brand one and Goonies is the Coke? Of course. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Goonies came out what, maybe two or three years before this movie does? Yeah. Nineteen eighty-five. Okay, and this one is is eighty-eight. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. So I wonder if this one was even in production when before Goonies came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I could look that up, but, no but uh, I, it it does feel like they're trying to cash in a little bit with this movie. But uh, I still don't hold that against this movie because I think that it's actually doing something a little bit different than Goonies did. I don't think that the main antagonist in this movie are is Dracula or the Wolfman or the Mummy. the The main antagonist in this movie is divorce. <laughs> and this story wait that is, are, are, is his parents getting divorced yes. yeah even, they're going to counseling yes. and so the, oh they're going to marriage you knew what you signed up yeah. for he's Let like me, angry at her because he's like I'm a cop I'm right. going to do cop okay. shit yeah. so the, we learned at the very beginning of this movie when Sean is in the principal's office that he's that he's there because he's been drawing shit in class he's creating storylines around these monsters yeah. and he's created this spider with a human head and, and his buddy's like he makes these stories about them we, we have a whole club so Sean, this is like the tangible way that Sean deals with his fears is these monsters. And the, the idea of the classic movie monster is so uh, alluring to him because it's a very easy way to be a, a way to like ground your fears and put them in something encapsulated in something that you understand. And if you watch and watching it again, this all made even more sense to me. The way that he uh, 
his parents divorce or like his parents pending divorce is something yeah. that's happening in like the very very background of this movie that's right you guys had to remind me because I think it's referenced like three times yes period. but yeah. I'll take you through it and <laughs> yeah. prove to you that that it was intentional that, yeah that 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 was in the fact thing. the story that we're getting of him solving all these this him beating up these monsters is basically just this story that he's writing out Okay. that Sean is writing. And that's why it feels so campy. That's why it feels like a kid wrote it. That's mm-hmm. why there's dynamite in it. And wait, every once in a while, uh, Dracula can use either laser beams from his eyes or he can use dynamite to blow something up. My biggest problem with Dracula <laughs> is that he has a staff that has an extendable <laughs> jumper cable and antenna in case he ever needs to bring Frankenstein back to life on the fly. Dracula <laughs> shows up in town and fun- somehow gets a hold of a hearse, a black hearse with no license plates on it, with a skull as his uh, coat ornament. Yeah. Like, that's By the way, it's a, a ghost that's, car. That's oh, right. Yeah, it phases through other cars. <laughs> that is not an inconspicuous vehicle for yeah. him to be trying to amass this team with. That's a custom job if I've ever yeah. seen one. Um, I believe the license plate for him reads, Yo, I'm Dracula. <laughs> Dra- Drac- Dracom. Yeah. Dracom. All right, but unveil your okay, theory. It so, sounds great. Yeah, so Sean starts off, he's having trouble in school. That is also a quintessential red flag of kid who's not handling his parents' divorce well. Right. Um, the first time that we meet his mom and his dad, he's his dad is getting ready to go to counseling with his mom, and they're asking Sean to stay home and watch his sister. Uh, the dad immediately gets a call and has to go into the station, and the mom is like, I'm important. He's like, yeah, but so is my job. And mm-hmm. he leaves her there, and she's sort of stunned. Sean witnesses this. Uh, there's uh, a scene later where the, his Sean's little sister is going to bed, and... Uh, she asks her mom, are you going to yell at him? And she's like, no, I love your father very much. And the little girl's like, no, no, no. I'm, what do I you mean, mean, Sean. I Sean, thought, yeah, you were, yeah. Sean did, was the one who was an asshole. Because her mind is occupied. Yeah. Punish yeah. him, yeah. So then after that, in the same night, Sean hears the, those two yelling. He's like in a closet or something. It's very strange. He's eavesdropping in the, yeah. one of those slatted closets. Yeah. yeah. It's the kitchen. Oh, it's, yeah, that's right. It's the kitchen. Because then he, the first thing that Sean does, he hears his parents like really going at it in a very real way where they're yelling say, at each other. It's surprisingly unsanitized. No, it's, yes. The yelling is very like... That's a like a serious drama movie fight between parents. Yeah, that, yeah, and that juxtaposed with the silly campy dialogue of like, ha, ha, do you know any girls who have been dorked before? <laughs> like, yeah. or like Wolfman's got nards. Like yeah. that, those two. Wolfman's and then, got nards. That compared to this fight that the parents are having, the fight feels very very real. And then what Sean does, he goes and he sits down with a piece of fucking paper and mm-hmm. starts writing. And he looks at a board where like he got a call from somebody. He does a little anagram and it turns out it's Dracula. No, it's not an anagram. It's, a reverse. it's just the word Dracula backwards. <laughs> yeah. He got so sometimes the, anagrams are just the word backwards. Which I guess that is technically still best, an anagram. It's the best best phone call I wish I could have heard <laughs> because that means Dracula at some point because it says specifically like dollar signs like the mom was like he's looking if at you the want, whiteboard at home if yeah. you want to give up this diary that you can't read in German even though his mom has already like given to him as a gift and she knows got, he loves yeah, it which is weird she got it as a gift for him like a couple but days ago but it's also like slowly like kind of lightly floating the idea that you yeah. can get a ton of money from this guy Alucard she's like this guy called Mr. Alucard and I just imagine <laughs> he's like um, this is Alucard <laughs> Alucard but I love it, it also, the diary much money <laughs> it also implies that she didn't ask him like how do you know I bought a book at a thrift store and gave right. it to my son? So many things had to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the first thing that Sean does after he hears his parents fighting is he just starts delving into monster shit. Right. He, he does this thing on the board. And then I 
am proposing that the whole rest of the story is him just writing this out in the kitchen table, writing it out of the kitchen table because the next scene, he's like, no, my parents aren't fighting. Dracula's here. Dracula's the problem. (laughs) And the very next scene is him in the clubhouse with everybody being like, we're no longer just a club. We're the monster squad now. Now we fight monsters. Why? And they're like, why? Because this book my mom randomly got me is coincidentally yeah. the only book that will stop Dracula and he's here now. Right, which would never, ever, ever happen. And his friends are like, uh, okay. Uh, they get on board pretty quick. Yeah, so but... he's writing this out and he's like, he's creating, he's, he's assembled his team to deal with this thing that he doesn't know quite how to deal with. Uh, so do you think the whole thing is the story in his head or do you think he literally goes up to the clubhouse and tells them now no. we're going to play monster squad? No, no, I don't think any of that happens. I think this is him writing out his version of the story. Okay. Cause my, cause then the big glaring hole is the old creepy German guy. Cause he physically joins them and yes. does a bunch of stuff and interacts with Dracula. No, they never, this is just another L, a character in his story that is he the borrows guy from, from the reality. Neighborhood, right. Yeah. This creepy guy in the neighborhood I mean, who the, no one's ever talked to. The ending shows, him literally give the monster squad card to like a general of the army. Yeah, the je- the army. Com- well, we'll get to that. But like the army shows up after because a kid writes of. a letter. Yeah, the yeah. kid writes a letter, and the army shows up in such uh, in a way that's like so reminiscent of the way they would in like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Right, right. Like it's fourteen guys in a tank. And they go, and the, we're the army. Who are you, kid? And he hands him a card, which we don't get an insert of, which is a, because we never established that he made cards for Monster Squad. Yeah, we did. He's cut. Really? Them, he's cut. Yeah, he prints them out. Oh, he cuts oh them. that's true. The one kid. Yeah, the other kid. I just yeah. thought it would have been. Neck. It's. It was kind of a weird choice to not have an insert at that moment. Yeah. But he smirks and says, "We're the Monster Squad." Yeah. Credits roll. Um, I love my favorite implication of that theory is that. His dad had to go to a real crime that's actually like gritty and horrible. And he's like, I bet he went to the museum because the mummy's missing. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's so painted over and whitewashed by the mind of a child. The most, uh, th- the best scene for this is a scene, that, and they don't address this in the movie, and I have no idea why. Well, you remember the scene where uh, Dracula comes and blows up the clubhouse? The dad confronts Dracula. With out front. dynamite. Yeah, Dracula comes, or Dracula and dad have a showdown in the front of the house, and Dracula dynamites his partner okay because i was i need to bring up (laughs) there is a token black character who says token black stuff yes and then gets dynamited in a car and his partner who's i think it's pronounced dynamite who seems seems close to him throughout never mentions like there's no scene where he goes like it sucks that my partner was blown up yes, by Dracula. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It, it's, he never addresses that, but he, he confronts Dracula in front of the house. His partner gets blown up. He shoots Dracula, and the bullets just go right through him into the house. And then the <laughs> Where wa- the wife is, like, yes. right there. And she comes out of the house and is, like, sort of in shock. And, and he runs in, asks where his kids are. And when he runs in the house, her bags are packed right by the door. There are suitcases. There are like three or four suitcases sitting right by the door. And she's on her way out. Uh, she's leaving this oh, family. Oh, she was leaving him and they don't even mention and it. And they don't mention it. There's for no reason at all. There are these suitcases at the front door right where she But the family has to come together because the Dracula threat is so overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. Yes. His mom was going to just leave. Wow. And, and what's funny is the way they staged that uh, sequence, actually, I noticed. He's pointing the gun directly at Dracula. Then Dracula turns into a bat and vanishes. And it cuts to her literally filling the space Dracula was in. Yes. And then it cuts back to him not having dropped the gun. <laughs> and then he slowly lowers it. So he kept the gun pointed at, at his, his wife, wife for just a few seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. 
uh, there's also moments in there where like uh, the little sister uh, befriends Phoebe Frankenstein. Yeah. Which is a reference to the original Frankenstein film, of course, in yes. the book. In fact, they try and replicate some scenes even, or, or from, from the book and also from previous movies where she's playing by the water With and Frankenstein flowers, approaches. Yeah. Yes. What's funny to me is they, so Dracula's supposed to be, this great threat is a genius. He raises Frankenstein. I don't know why he's Frankenstein's master, but you just accept that at face value. Yeah. Frankenstein says, master, okay. Dracula's great plan to foil kids. He just has to beat these kids. <laughs> he just has to kill kids. Is, okay, I know it's nighttime and I could go kill them now, but instead, I'm going to wait till daytime when I have to sleep. You, Frankenstein, go kill these kids. Frankenstein says, yes, master. <laughs> and I'm just wondering if in the past... Frankenstein ever did anything Dracula said that gave him a reason to believe he was reliable because never once does Frankenstein even consider killing the kids. <laughs> no, he immediately he befriends them. It doesn't cross his mind. <laughs> it's true. And so if in, in the uh, theory that, that this is all just the story of Sean, Sean is also probably at least somewhat cognizant, whether he like realizes it or not, that his sister is in need of somebody who cares about her as well during all of this. <gasps> And he's giving her this. He's throwing her this bone in the story. Figure. Yeah, he yeah. gives her. Uh, this I want to point out also that her little teddy bear that she has named Scraps, mm-hmm. kind of like a Frankenstein. Oh, like a Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah. And Frankenstein, when he gets sucked into the portal, takes Scraps with him. Yeah. One of the only details of this movie that I know the BTS of is that uh, Frankenstein. They couldn't do the bolts in the neck because they didn't have the rights to that version of Frankenstein. And so instead, wow. what they did was they stitched his forehead to make it with staples. Yeah, with staples to they'd be like, well, look, he stitched together. Whatever. Look, it, it, just buy it. It was pretty effective. I mean, all the creature effects are by Stan Winston, who's legendary for doing creature effects. Yeah. So he'll ultimately, do the thing and shit like that. Um, Good Wolfman. I was. And did what you know a weird face? The Wolfman's wolf. face, face is designed to look like Stan Winston's face, and if you look like at a picture of him, you're like, oh, he does kind of. Oh, look. really? That's he funny. has like a mousy face, but I don't. I think that was like fine, good nod, but it made your Wolfman look like a shrew man. Like I didn't buy it was a wolf. I thought it was like a squirrel man or a vole man. Is <laughs> huh. this weird pinched face? A vole man. The and the the boy Rudy. I'm a vole man. <laughs> Sorry. Go the ahead. boy Rudy who joins their group. Cool kid. Before he cool he, cool kid. He, before he starts writing the story, the first interaction that they have with Rudy. Well, Rudy comes and saves the fat kid. Uh, who's obviously in the script for the horse. bulk of it called Fat Kid, fat which kid. is another yeah. thing that doesn't yes. ring as My well name's today. Horse. Even among his friends call him Fat Kid. First the yeah. bully calls him Fat Kid, and you're like, that's not nice. And then his friends are like, Fat Kid farted, and you're like, well, hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need some better mm-hmm. friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the I mean, po- Chunk. I guess Chunk is insulting, too. Not so nice, too. either. And they make him do that dance. Do oh. the truffle, shuffle, shuffle, Chunk. Yeah. Do it, you fat piece of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Rudy... Joins the the gang just on the with with the knowledge that in that clubhouse he can see a woman changing whenever he wants. Yeah. So in the story, I don't. I think that's all beyond Sean. Sean is like, this is gonna be our soldier. Like this guy's gonna do all the the mean shit for us. And it is it is really this is a part that I really enjoy about the film is that he ends up killing. Th- 
four people from the town. Rudy does. Rudy lifts more than his fair share of weight when it comes to fighting the monsters. At the end, Rudy's yes. like, fuck it, I'll do it, and kills all the monsters. He's like, I'm in the club, aren't I? He kills, yeah, I'm in the goddamn club, ain't I? He kills, so he kills three women from the town who are kidnapped by Dracula and turned into vampires. Sure. But for all the people in this town who are just oblivious to what's going on, by the end of this, he's killed four people from town. He killed the wolf man, who was just another guy in town Immediately who starts becoming turns a wolf into man. a non-wolf man. And, and I, he's like, yeah. thank you. I love the idea that, because of all of them, that one... Like, you can in your head as a kid be like, but they were creatures of the darkness. I'm sparing them. But to kill something and then have it revert to an empathetic, normal human being who says, it's okay, thank you, I'm glad you killed me, and then dies in the street in front of you. I'm like, this kid's 16. This is going to fuck his shit up. And you can watch, even younger than 16, and you can watch it mess him up. Like, you can see, as soon as he kills the women with the stakes, like, Rudy is not in good shape anymore. He's on the ground on his knee when the cops show up. Oh, and, I didn't notice this. And this is the, so the, the scene is so you've that you watched this twelve to fifteen <laughs> times. The the scene is that he's just staked these women in the heart. One he shot with an arrow, and two he staked. And mm-hmm. he's like he's on his knees, and he's like on the verge of tears almost. And like the Wolfman starts coming up behind him, and the cops show up, and the cops are like get out of there, kid. And he turns around, and he doesn't move. Like he just stays on the ground. The the police have sort of a battle with Wolfman, and then Rudy gets up and very reluctantly puts a bullet in a, a silver bullet in a gun and shoots the Wolfman, and then. That's really affected him too. He's he's just stands there for a long time, like breathing. Yeah. yeah. After he's done it, it doesn't fit with the rest of the movie. Like he's fucked up from having done all of this. Then Dracula kills forty cops. Yeah, I would say around forty. I love that in that shower, Dracula's just walking towards the amulet, killing cops. There's still cops who, even rather than using their guns, run are up like, at him. I know he just crushed the skulls of the 12 guys that run at him, ran at him, but I'm going to run at this motherfucker. That's, you, watch him, <laughs> you watch him palm the faces of some, of some cops and knock them down and presume, presumably break their necks. And then you see a cop car rolling up at him and you're like, yes, yeah. that car is going to run him over. The cop, the cop car stops in front of him. The guy gets out and <laughs> runs up and tries to grab him by the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, like, and they, they're not oh. even using lethal force. They're just no. running up with... <laughs> Like batons just batons and, shit. and shit, <laughs> even though they saw him like kill eight guys. It's also the it's it's very hazy as far as Sean's dad's job here Del. because is his name Dell? The dad's yeah. name is Dell. Yeah, so Dell and his partner seem to be the only detectives in this town, but their jurisdiction is wide sweeping. They yeah. have they have a lot of places they have to cut co- a lot of ground they have to cover. There's some swamps areas. There's an old house that no one's ever even heard of before. Is it L.A. because there's that shot no. where Dracula comes to a crest overlooking the city and says it begins, and <laughs> it looks like L.A. But I don't it's know not. that it it's, is. Okay, yeah, they there's a weird crossovers with habitats here, but, but I it's love supposed to just, be somewhere right, else. That's what I was gonna say is. Unless it's Louisiana or Florida, it's kind of odd that because they needed the creature from the Black Lagoon, there's literally like a Black Lagoon yes. next to a major metropolitan city. Occasionally, <laughs> the, the kids will just wander outside of town and immediately they are in the Everglades. Oh, and I love when they're like, duh, go to 666 Shadowbrook Lane. And he's like, oh, that giant castle? You're like... There's a giant gothic yeah. castle in this city. That oh, my has, God. Yeah, that has iron gate gated doors inside of yes. it. And yeah, it's it's amazing. And uh, its address <laughs> is 666, and you're, they're still like, I don't think that has anything to do with these <laughs> monsters. The, these are the only two detectives in this entire area, and it's a big enough town that not everyone's aware of what's going on. The scene where Dracula dynamites the, bir- the not the birdhouse, the clubhouse, and also a, a cop car, with uh, maybe a half an hour later, the kids arrive at the church, 
and there will extras all over the place in that scene because the car's driving up and there are people going to a movie mm-hmm. there are other people driving on the street there's a woman with shopping bags right like no one is aware of what's actually happened so far and even by the end like this the streets are vacant but you've now got these people from town who the police clearly didn't know beforehand and a police it's a small town police would know everybody there they know who this wolfman guy was but this is just another lunatic like you'd have in a city well they must have logged his information because he's already spent some time in the prison and then been released. Yeah. So they have his information. Well, they get, they got, they shot him in the prison. Presumably at the precinct. Oh, I guess before he got fingerprinted, he got shot. Yeah. Yeah. So there, and the, and even the first time that they met him, they weren't like, Oh, Kyle's going crazy again. Mm-hmm. They're like, who is this rando? Well, it seems like a big city. I think it is. Big. I mean, if it, it, you're just saying you can't have it both ways. Like, either it's a huge city, and why do they only have two detectives? <laughs> or if it's a small town, and then why does everyone not know each other? <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yes. Yeah, because he specific uh, Della specifically says, "I gotta go downtown." So his precinct involves this small area of suburb that has swamps in it. Plus a downtown yeah. area, like the, the police station looks me- fairly metropolitan. Yeah. But they're the only cops that we seem to care about. Yes. Yes. I, and all the other cops wear their stupid Mountie gear or whatever they yeah. got on. <laughs> their brown uniforms, yeah. They look like forest, serv- forest rangers. Speaking of that scene where, the climactic scene, well, I think it's also interesting that Yes, they did pay for a lot of extras, but there's no doubt in my mind that the reason the church is locked, quote unquote, at the end, like that whole end scene is shot on the Universal Studios yes. back lot. You can see the back to the you future You can basically clock. hear Ventura Boulevard yeah. in the background. Yeah, you can see a tram rolling by with <laughs> tourists in one shot. No, but I was, I just love realizing, slowly realizing like, Oh, they can't get into the church. I bet they eventually will get into the church and it'll be pivotable. No, they just rewrote this scene to take place on a street because that's what they have. It was way easier. Yeah. Yeah. But in that climactic scene, speaking of like the math of the bodies that will be found the next day. Yeah. Do you believe that Horace shotgunned those two kids to death? Because I do. (laughs) And here's my argument. Okay. These bullies are... And that's another difference between Goonies. I feel like somehow this movie does have more edge. Like, it's kind of weird that Dracula screams at the little girl. You Give fucking bitch. Give me the bitch. amulet, you, you fucking bitch. bitch. <laughs> like, Shane Black for you. Yeah. And uh, by the same token. While he's choking her. <laughs> holding her in there and choking yeah. her. <laughs> by the same token, uh, these two bullies who we've seen be, I would say even by bully standards, be extra cruel. To this kid we like. Then he has a shotgun. He shotguns someone. Who does he kill? Swamp thing. Swamp or creature thing. He shotguns. Yeah. And then, by the way, incidentally, the bullies have just bombard, like locked themselves in a building and not let Fat Kid in. So like they were willing to watch him get eaten alive. They don't care. He must hate them so much. <laughs> they come out and say, thanks, Fat Kid. And here's the thing. If he had cocked the gun and then said, my name is Horace, I would think, oh, that's just an action shot. But he says, my name is Horace, then cocks the gun. We cut away and never see those two kids again. (laughs) He shot the older brother from Wonder Years. There's no reason to cock that (laughs) gun after the threat is gone. Because how would anyone ever find out or blame him? Wouldn't you just think it was a mistake? There were monsters everywhere. And you can be like, they were one of them. Like, this is what Dracula got him, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right. But now that you mention it, the the shooting of the creature from the Black Lagoon is so easy. And all he does is shoot the thing. And it's reminding me that the only person in Dracula's uh, 
a masked team that's any that's any help to him is the Wolfman. The Wolfman's actually very hard to kill. Everybody else is so easy to kill, even easier than a human would the be. The mummy does jack all. The oh, it's the best mummy death ever, though. <laughs> the mummy gets unraveled. At least they think of an idea that results in the mummy dying. It does bother me that the creature from the Black Lagoon, they're Just like, get shot. how do we beat him? Shoot him with a shot. Shoot shotgun. him in the heart. Wouldn't that work for most things? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, the wolfman gets blown up and then gets... Re- and then he With dynamite? Dynamite. Yeah, okay. and then his <laughs> limbs guessed. attach. He gets yeah, he reincarnated. Which is a callback to the previous joke where they're like, there's two ways to kill a wolfman, silver yeah. bullets, and then they're like, I don't know. You no, there's only one way. Dynamite? Yeah. Like, they just... They don't really have an answer, but it's like... It's clear that it gets adds credence to your theory, yep. Soren, where it's just like... He wanted to think of another crazy way where it didn't work because there is only really one. one way. So what's the coolest way? I don't yes. know, dynamite out the window. And maybe one of the biggest proofs that I have that that's what the story is about is just divorce and that he's writing this is that at the very end, they create a portal in the air. Everybody gets sucked into it, including Dracula. And as Dracula's trying to, starting to get sucked into it, he jumps on Sean, tries to pull Sean in with him. And Van Helsing comes out of the hole Grabs, 100 years in the past. Yes. And gives a thumbs up. Yes. Grabs grabs Dracula by the neck and starts pulling him back through the portal and gives Sean the T2 thumbs up as he disappears. You did good. Sh- uh, this man from you know the 1800s, yeah. no idea what a thumbs up would mean. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. But Sean is like, he knows, and I know. Yeah. We're both doing the thumbs up because we got him. A, it's it's the exact portal from Army of Darkness. Did anyone else know? Yeah. Oh, it feels no, like they not. lifted yeah. the same effect. But B, it's interesting that they say the portal goes to like this monster universe that's this horrible limbo. So not only has Van Helsing apparently been surviving in there, but we also see some extras get sucked in. Yeah. Like when the portal exists, some extras. I just want to see one of those shitty cops <laughs> surviving in the monster limbo universe. I would like that movie. That would be yeah, fun, like, yeah. <laughs> like Army of Dead. Uh, I do have a question for you about yeah. this divorce thing, though, yeah. because I don't think you can have it both ways. Mm-hmm. So, because you reference like uh, Horace killing two kids, <laughs> or you're referencing the fact that there's some PTSD that's going on with Rudy. Mm-hmm. So, either those two things are true, and there is some events that are happening, and it's just being unfolded by this mind, Sean, that's crazy, or Sean sat crazy. down. And wrote the entire book. Yeah. So, like, what is the reality? Is the reality just like now it's just never ending story, or is it that some of it's true? Like, I don't know how to I rectify think, the two. Yeah. It, my theory is that Sean just sat down and wrote the whole mm-hmm. thing. And it, by the end, like, it, by the end, what happens is the parents get together, everybody hugs each other, the two parents kiss, yeah. and so by killing these these monsters, he's the yeah, this, the marriage has been saved. But you would imagine that in real real and life, that's not even necessarily true. He just wrote a short story, just wrote it. Like he'll wake up and his mom's parents will still Our, be fighting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it will. This won't have ended. Yeah. So why? And did, so the Rudy stuff, like the Rudy's just like a fun thing that I noticed that he's really dealing with this. I guess that I, the way that I would if I had to, to explain why it's that way and feels very real is that even when you're writing a story, I remember as a child writing stories and being like, I really like Stephen King. I'm going to write something where people die. And as you're writing it, you can't help but kind of get into the realism of it and be yeah. like, mm. well, I don't really like where this Rudy's is going. Rudy's a cool guy, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, 
even Rudy would yeah, have this some issues. Be a problem. That's. I mean, that could be enough for me. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like it, it's anything. It's it, that's Monster Squad, baby. Yeah. Uh, but like, it is an interesting. Like, I had never heard that theory, and I find it very interesting. Yeah. It definitely makes the movie better. I think seeing you're yeah. much better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. The uh, by the way, I didn't write down any of the lyrics from the credit song, but I did write down lyrics from the one song that was clearly written for the movie that's during the weapons building montage because uh, I had, uh, you know, subtitles on. What, one chunk of lyrics is, rock until you drop, dance until your feet fall off. Someone turn the clock back. We ain't going to go nowhere. No one can stop us now. We're going all the way. It's cuckoo. It's cuckoo. It's cool. Party till your brain falls out. <laughs> <laughs> rock until you drop. It's Word so nineties. <laughs> dance until your heart stops. <laughs> yeah. Dance until your feet fall off. <laughs> it's such a montage, though. They're all slightly getting better at making weapons. Yeah. <laughs> They're like looking at monster stuff because that's important. They're but building weapons. I also think it supports your theory, the tone, because that's what I keep getting at with the Goonies difference is the thing with Goonies is it didn't have any weird discordant moments. Yes. Whereas this has frequently moments where you're like, what is the tone of this movie? Like when the wolf man says he has an amulet. Okay, he's gonna kill your son. It's like actually, you're like, this yeah. is so real for a kids movie. The, <laughs> as he's turning into the Wolfman, and just that character in general, it's really hard it's to watch. Super him. tragic, that guy. Yeah, because yeah. he really wants to help the city, and 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 every single time, no one will believe him. Yeah, he calls from a phone booth, and he's turning into the Wolfman. He's in like that mid stage mm-hmm. where he's just spitting froth from his mouth he's like he's gonna kill your son <laughs> yeah. and then he turns and you're like whoa oh yeah <laughs> okay what, what happened to dracula now? what happened to dracula puttering around an old castle dynamiting various walls <laughs> by the way can someone explain to me exactly what happened did dracula setting dynamite to try and get to the amulet cause part of the house to coincidentally fall on Frankenstein? Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, he clearing got, that Dracula up. got very lucky in that scene. Only that one part of the house collapsed and yes. it landed right yeah, on Frankenstein. Yeah, just to get the end. Okay. Yes. There's also, I, I would say, we, it's not uh, super pertinent to my theory, but one of my favorite moments in the movie is the young kid who has the Basset Hound uh, mm-hmm. that he, when he wakes up in the middle of the night and goes and gets his dad because there's a monster in his closet. And the dad comes in, and the dad is so good. He's like, okay, hey, all you monsters, get out of here. Get out of here. You can't stay. You two on the bed. Get out of here. I'll see you. And then the kid's like, he's like, you see any more? And the kid goes, yeah, in the closet. In the closet. And the dad just opens the door, and there's a horrifying mummy in the closet, and the dad's not looking at it. And he's like, ooh, ooh, look at that monster. It's so scary. Now it's gone. <laughs> Go to bed. Yeah. yeah. One of my Here's favorite my... parts, though, is that the mummy actually listens. And leaves. <laughs> like, is he immediately This leaves. is my question. The dad then leaves. The mummy approaches the kid, Lee, and then turns and goes out the window. Why did the mummy come in this room? Yes. Why is it in the closet? Yes. What is it thinking it's doing? It was all trying to find questions. out where the kids were? diary is. Because it sent <laughs> all of his lieutenants <laughs> to find the, diaries. That's right. The kid was in the monster squad. I love that the mummy's just like, I'll check this kid's closet. <laughs> now I'll leave. <laughs> and when they kill him, they say, see you later, Band-Aid breath. Yeah. Yeah. Very goonies. There's, there are moments. There was a moment that got me in this movie that made me laugh in my last <laughs> viewing of it, which was the woman who they find, who's supposedly the virgin, who's going to help them. 
when they're waiting for the other two kids to finish up whatever the fuck they're doing and they're they're not they're late they're not on time and she's just sitting there with rudy and she goes maybe the monster's got him and rudy goes maybe the monster's got him yeah. <laughs> and the well, way that he why? does it is filled with so much disdain especially yeah. really because uh, it's uh patrick's sister right yes this is the yeah. blackmailed woman who they Which took is photos it? of he blackmails yes. his or own specific, sister yeah. specifically naked photos mm. from frankie and yeah. he goes, exactly. takes a photo of her and goes bogus. <laughs> yeah, well, he also says bogus when he hurls Dracula into the sun or whatever. It's kind of bogus. Funny. bogus. Um, Baby Ruth. But I love, the just to get detailed, the exact context of the scene is a young man and an older kid use semi-nude pictures of his own sister that they took to blackmail her into admitting her sexual history to them. It's not great. <laughs> In their clubhouse. Oh, yeah, it's, it's real not bad. Great. It's not great at all. And then I love that the punchline is the ceremony doesn't work because she's not a virgin. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess she did some hand stuff on the bus to van camp. Because she's like, well, Steve, but that didn't count. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. Uh, and then I love that that, of course, invites the creepy old German guy to say something that is technically correct and it saves the day, but it's just weird for an old man to go, isn't this six-year-old girl a virgin? Like, <laughs> it's just a weird setup. Yeah. I had a question about that because they before the scary German guy, wait, does the blackmail happen before or after meeting scary German after, guy? After, because the German guy tells them what they need to do. And he tells them that the virgin has to be a woman. And he immediately believes the book is yeah. true, which is interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so why wouldn't they just assume that they could go with Phoebe and they have to go have a montage hunting around for virgins? It's not clear. I... I think because the quintessential virgin from stories like this and all the way back to like ancient myth is it's always, is it's always a, a, a woman. Age. Yeah. Yeah. At least, yeah. All right. Yeah. It would have been a really dark film if they would have used Phoebe and it didn't work. Or if they had used the youngest oh, wow. member of the monster squad, the little boy, sacrifice yeah. him. <laughs> Eugene. <laughs> yeah. Eugene. Uh, <laughs> some other just, I know Zapropo of nothing, but there's other like just super good lines. that I want to yeah, make sure are me. recorded. Uh, the most 90s line I think was Sean wait scary monsters us 12 years old remember fat kid midnight end of world remember (laughs) (laughs) takes one and no one as if you keep mentioning that this is a 90s movie and it and i like i'm gonna hold you to this that you think that this movie was was ahead of its time yeah that it was ahead of its time i do think it has a 90s pastiche that is slightly ahead of its time. Mm. It doesn't feel 80s. It feels edgier mm. like the 90s was. Good. Good. Yeah. All right. I think the last few years of the previous decade can be they, shifted it, over. It's a little ahead of its time, but like, you know, like when we get like 97, we're starting to get into the lingo that right. yeah. propels us yeah. forward. Yeah, Blossom was a quintessentially 90s show, <laughs> but that started in 88 or 89. Yeah. Right, right. But I mean... You got to give it, it up yeah, to that, Shane Black for knowing the lexicon, the lingo. That's true. Had his uh, finger speaking, on the pulse. Speaking of very Shane Black lines, you mentioned Dracula blows up their clubhouse. You didn't mention he blows it up, then turns away and says, meeting adjourned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I also love is, 
He's trying to make it so the monsters can rule Earth for eternity. And he stops to do this <laughs> to blow up a kid's treehouse. Yeah. It doesn't advance his plan. Oh, it's because he believes he's... that the monster squad is a real but threat. I, right, but yeah. <laughs> the treehouse doesn't have the amulet. And he's just like, by the way, fuck your little treehouse. Yeah, he's no. mad at these kids yeah. at this point. This is fuck war. Those kids. This is they war, They came Michael. into his house and took the amulet. Yeah, that's true. He's furious. He's... Um, I, there is another behind the scenes fact I'm now realizing that I know, which is that uh, Liam Neeson tried out for that Dracula part and didn't get it. Oh, wow. So cool. I also read on IMDb trivia that, and I don't know who the fuck wrote this or how you confirm this or why, but it says, weirdly, critics, like, in a poll, picked this Dracula to be the most memorable film Dracula. And I'm like, mm, fucking, I don't believe you. <laughs> how did this f- trivia fact get yeah, vetted? That sounds like it was on, somebody did a blog of the best Draculas and was like, I like this one the <laughs> yeah, best. Yeah. <laughs> More trivia, and this is just shows a different time, uh, when uh, Dracula lifts up Phoebe and calls her a bitch, right? <laughs> yeah, not a great uh, moment. She screams, and it had to be done in one take because uh, the actor who's playing dracula had to put in red contacts and like the extensions of fangs and he was very against the idea of like suddenly scaring the little actress uh but you know the director said don't worry about it do it it this time i'll tell her to be prepared for it did not told her you're just gonna scream on this one when do i scream how do i know you'll know and so those are her legitimate screams. Oh, no. Because up to then, when they had shot scenes together, he did it without his contacts. Yeah, and he doesn't they need shot his him contacts. behind, right? Yeah. I mean, he only really has contacts for that scene. Right. Yeah. It's like when he's like turning into but they, a like, bat. They him away from her so she didn't know that was going to be the right. situation. Right. They didn't yeah. have much interaction. It's like true, bro- true blood rules. With mm-hmm. this Dracula. He can choose when his fangs are pointy and when his eyes and are his, scary. his bloodlust makes his eyes red, yeah. yeah. Talking about nostalgia factor, though, what was... Because I saw this kind of probably around the same time that you saw it. And uh, what, why it was so scary to me, and I, like obviously it didn't work on me this time, but uh, I'd probably seen it maybe once in between at some point, but it was just like put it on and have a party kind of thing. So I didn't actually sit there with an analytical eye. But I, I was trying to find it because this... This movie's terrified me when I first watched it. Yeah. I must have been around 10, or it could have been even younger. Uh, probably even younger. But whenever my parents would allow me to see a film like this. And there was something about, like, the scariest part to me was when, uh, like, Dracula couldn't transform back from bat. And he had this, like, ooze around yeah. and all of the shakiness of the prosthetics. Like, it terrified oh, yeah. me. That's like it, a hard move. That's a hard scene to watch. You're absolutely right. And I think maybe you and I saw this at the wrong time, too, because we had older brothers. Uh-huh. And so, like, we weren't supposed to be watching a movie like this right. yet. And we watched it. Also, the shot and- you're talking about totally looks wrong because... They had the actor do the thing where he sticks his head through a hole in the floor and right. they build a fake bat body on yes. his neck. Yeah. And it looks weird and yeah. creepy. And everything has got ooze and it just, and like even his fin- his uh, his like wings are transparent and you yeah. can see veins. Like it's just a next level like creature feature shit that I was not ready to do. It deal has with. sort of a Cronenberg feel to it. Yeah, it does. The, yeah, because the, the bat, I guess, is vulnerable. When. Dracula's a bat he can be shot by bullets and he does get shot and then he turns into half bat half man is like writhing in a bu- among a bunch of sports authority boxes <laughs> I was I was hoping cause I guess it's obvious that if Dracula's in town and you see a bat where it shouldn't be you shoot at it but it is nighttime. 
I was hoping it was going to turn out Dell just killed some just bat. Killed yeah. bat. He thinks but he solved the problem. From but the seriously, swamp. did you guys see that? I just shot a bat out of midair. Right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you can't see it. Your car exploded. <laughs> uh, last line I want to drop is yes. just, and I'm going to read it with my emotional reaction to this line built oh, into God. my reading of the line. Oh, God. This line is word for word near the end of the movie. Don't go away, Frankenstein. Please don't go. Please, please don't go, Frankenstein. I just can't believe someone wrote that <laughs> and someone performed it. It's like sh- the end of Shane, but with Frankenstein. <laughs> it could have been edited that way. Come I, back, it's also Frankenstein. That, yeah, could that have young just girl. Been, come back, Frankenstein. Come back and then edited to be longer. Yeah. And they were also there. That girl was in the middle of a, a wind turbine and they're like, mm-hmm. just say some lines. Yeah. <laughs> just riff on it. Uh, but you're right. It is. It, that's what made me also. That was the part where I watched and I was like, oh, shit. This was the this was that was the only stable figure in this young girl's life. Yeah. That she wants to be a part of the monster club. They want nothing to do with her. They kick her out constantly. She's constantly trying to get their attention. And they're always like, fuck off, Phoebe. <laughs> and yeah. then she her parents are getting divorced. Like Phoebe, things are not going well for Phoebe. We and don't we barely address it. She has her no with any friends. kids her own age. Yeah. She has no friends yet. And then here finally she has this structure and order in her life, which is this big docile figure who, who's nothing but raw power. But that's, yeah, what's funny is though, that's what's funny about that line is it's one of those lines that takes you out and makes you remember the premise and you're like, yeah, a reanimated corpse is her father figure. <laughs> She's begging for him to not get sucked into a portal. <laughs> and she loses that one too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But that's just, in, maybe if that's just in his story, she just has to deal with losing her real parents, not an additional surrogate parent. Yeah, I really like this theory that Soren has. It, it the, makes the movie a, a little more interesting. Yeah, it was the first time I noticed it was when I saw the suitcases. Oh, uh, watching yeah, it like a few that. years ago, I it, I happened to see it on streaming, and I was like, oh, that's a very key oh. notice. Yeah, you must have felt like you found the key that unlocks the movie. Yeah, yeah. so that you that we were working at the site that shall not be named <laughs> at the time, and uh, I was like, oh man, I want to write a whole thing about Monster Squad. And I, and I was like, no one in the world has seen Monster Squad. Yeah. This is not a part of pop culture. And uh, so I was just sort of waiting I for, totally, <laughs> for the opportunity. Like, Somebody t- give me it. I totally thought it was Little Monsters. I was all ready to watch Little Monsters. Yes. <laughs> also yeah, a great yeah. movie. And then I was like, oh, no, it's this totally different thing. I have no, I don't think I've ever heard it referenced. Like, I, complete blank spot, Monster Squad. Never heard Kick him in the nards? No, never heard Wolfman's Wolf got, got nards. I love that that's the first act as a leader. I mean, technically he's been the leader the whole time, but it's the first time that they all like, I don't know, you're the leader. Yeah. And then Wolfman jumps in, kick him in the nards. Also, <laughs> it's just like a good first leader. <laughs> I love that Wolfman doesn't know how to react because he has to, he goes, it's like a good 20 seconds, like kick him in the nards, kick him in the nards. Yeah, well, Wolfman don't have nards. <laughs> Wolfman, cover your nards at this point. <laughs> he's just standing there hovering. He's just juking. Yeah, he's just juking, looking yeah. one way or other, just checking yeah. if there's any feet coming at him. Um, uh, the- Dracula's here, dweeb. We'd be beast bait. <laughs> beast bait. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but the kid throws that line away. I feel like it works. <laughs> This yeah. bait works for you. Um, the Shane Black is strong. You can feel it all throughout. Oh, yeah. There's one thing that really creeped me out in the watching of this. Because it is a horror movie for kids, it has an element of, like, you're, you know, your fear is not as peaked as it would be with something like Hereditary. But you're still, like, you feel the on-edgeness of people dying in front of you. And uh, I'm watching it, and just before watching it last night, I had listened to 
your podcast uh, with Dan, a mm. uh, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. And in within the first ten minutes of the movie, the kid is like, "I can't watch my sister and I. I'm going to see Groundhog Day." And I pause uh, yep. and I'm like, "Wait, what? Yeah, this movie came out long before Groundhog Day. Yeah, it can't. And so Groundhog. This is Groundhog Day eleven in the movie." And it's supposed to be Friday It's a horror 13. movie. Yeah, it's yeah. a horror movie called Groundhog Day. That's what I was confused because then he says, what's the big deal? I just want to see this stupid horror movie. And yeah. I was like, this kid considers Groundhog Day a horror movie? <laughs> so <laughs> it's a, he says, yeah, he says specifically a guy with an ax who got blown up mm-hmm. uh, in, the last, for, in the last iteration of it. And I was like, wait, that could be, that could easily be somewhere in the 10,000 or 37 or 40 years of what Groundhog Day is. That you have like that <laughs> horror film take a place. A movie that released six years after this one released. In one iteration, yeah. Bill Murray decided to see if he butchered everyone in town with an axe, what would, would that break the cycle? Yeah. Yes. And just starts a murdering wow. spree. Wow. I want to Now I want to see Leaves only it. Andy McDowell alive, comes to her at midnight covered in blood and is like, I did it for you. <laughs> yeah. He's just a vengeful guy. Do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> 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 so good. This is a good Who are we gonna have a snowball fight with? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's got the heads of the kids. The kids yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be real cold <laughs> out there. You got me, babe. <laughs> uh, I'm out on Monster Squad. You, yeah. I think Soren definitely deserves the last word. Yeah. If any's well to be put had. Together argument. Uh, no, no. I mean, I'm. I think Band Aid Breath and Beast Bait all speak for themselves. Yeah. Well, <laughs> suck on this, you sons of bitches. As someone once said to the creature from the oh, Black wait. Lagoon. Yeah. What? It's <laughs> a little girl who, in this movie, was probably five or six when they made this, mm-hmm. and says the line, "What are you chicken shit?" Yeah. Come <laughs> on, guys. Don't be chicken shit. Oh, great. 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 Just great. All uh, right. Soren, where can people enjoy your hilarious tweets? Because you are a great, one of the best tweeters out there. That's nice of you to say. It's true. Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. You can follow me at Soren underscore LTD. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much the only social media platform that I'm on. At the moment. Good yeah. yeah. That synergizes well with where you can follow me on Twitter at Swaim underscore Corp, C-O-R-P. I'm not one of your corporations. <laughs> or, I'm just Abe the Mighty. Mighty boss tones. Don't forget to add that Don't, at the end. It has no boss tones in yeah. it. But, but put it in there, because yeah. let's just see what happens. You guys, are the, you guys are the worst. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Small Beans Comedy and on Patreon at patreon.com slash smallbeans. Now go watch Monster Squad. We didn't rate a single frame. Five. I give it a five. <laughs> Which frame are you rating? Uh, the third one. Wow. <laughs> so like the very top of the text the, crawl. The crawl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a solid five. <laughs> it's a solid five. All right. I give the 4,312 frame a perfect 10. Nice. I like that one too. <laughs>